a series called From Death to Life. From Death to Life. I titled today's message Party Pooper. Party Pooper. One of my children was having a birthday party, and the party was at our, at our home, and they invited some of their friends over to the birthday party. And, and as we were celebrating the birthday party, there was one kid who was rather interesting. And uh, uh, this particular kid decided when all the other kids were in this room playing games, this kid was roaming around our house. Hey, no, hey, 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 the party's in here. Party's in here. Party's here. Roaming around the house. My lovely wife, Tiffany, she's trying to keep an eye on this booger bear. And where are you going? The party's in here. The party is in here. Then all the kids, they go outside in the backyard and serving pizza. So the kids, a little pizza and eating and, and drinking, you know, soda and having a good time in the backyard as they're eating. And, and the, this one particular kid is, is not there. We didn't notice that at the time. That booger bear made, it, made their way into the garage. Looking around our garage, discovered a water gun. We got the water guns kind of tucked away in the garage, looking through the garage, skirming, just kind of scurrying through things, grabbed the water gun. Next thing you know, in the backyard, you see a kid riding a bicycle <laughs> through the backyard. It was a drive-by shooting, spraying all the kids with water. Hey, hey, what are you doing? How many know that one person can ruin a party? How many know what I'm talking about? One person can ruin and mess up a party. And I want to talk to you about that today, how one person can be a party pooper and can mess up a party. There's a, a familiar portion of scripture. I preach from it once or twice a year at People's Church. And I, over the last 13 years of being the founder and, and senior pastor of People's Church, I've, I've taught from this scripture over and over, and I've shared so many different angles to this portion of scripture. And I want to look at it again today as we prepare our hearts for Easter weekend services at People's Church. Let's look at this party pooper. In Luke chapter 15, I'm going to begin with the very last verse to begin my teaching with you today. Luke 15 verse 32 says, but we had to celebrate. This is the father talking to his oldest son. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again from death to life. I know many of us, that could be our story. We could all say, because of Jesus, we were one time, we were spiritually dead, and then he brought us to life. That's my story, that, that the God of heaven brought me from death to life. And he says, this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Let me explain the story to you. Some of you may not be familiar with the story. It's re really interesting the, the younger son goes to his father and wants his share of the estate. And the dad gives him this share of the estate. Then the Bible says he went to a distant country far away. He began to waste the money in wild, loose living until he lost everything. And then there was a famine in the land and 
He needed a job, and he was hungry, starving to death, so he went to work in a pig pen. And he's so hungry, starving in the pig pen, he decides, I'm going to try to eat the pig food because I'm starving to death. And then he remembers his father's house, that his father was a loving father. He was a compassionate father. He was a kind father, and he was a providing father. Not only did he provide for them, but he also provided for the servants, and they had food to spare. So he decided, I'm going to go back to my father. And so he got out the pig pen. He started back home to the father. The father sees him coming from a long way off. And when he sees him coming from a long way off, he takes off running to his son. When he gets to his son, his son says, listen, father, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired men. But the father with tears coming down his face hugs him kisses him, puts a ring on his finger, a robe on his back, puts sandals on his feet, and then the Bible says he throws him a party. Kill the fattened calf, let's throw a party because my son who was dead is now alive. He has went from death to life, so let's throw a party. And they began to party for this son who was lost and is now found. And then the older brother makes his way back to the house. Now, I don't know where he was. Perhaps he was hanging out with his friends. But he got back home and he hears this music and celebrating and festivities and this party happening. And he, he goes, what in the world is going on? When I left, when I left home earlier today, there wasn't a party on the agenda. Why is there a party happening in the house? And he asked one of the servants. He says, well, well, your little brother, you know, the one that went away and lived a wild life, he's back. And your father decided to throw a party because your brother who was dead is now alive. And so the father threw a party for him. And the older brother got mad. He was upset. He's a party pooper. He's like, what? Throwing a party for him? That scoundrel? That loser? Why is he getting a party? I'm not going to that party. He refused to go inside. The father catches wind of this, and he comes out to try to reason with his oldest son and says, listen, son, come into the house. Your brother who was dead is now alive. He was spiritually dead. He's alive. We thought he was lost, and now he's found. And and the son says, I'm not coming in. He's mad. He's upset. I'm not going to celebrate that boy. I can't believe you're throwing him a party and not me a party. I can't believe it, and he's mad. Let's back up the story for a minute. I wonder if the prodigal son would have gotten out the pig pen and started back home. If the first person he would have encountered was the older brother instead of the loving father. I just wonder what would have happened to that prodigal son. I just happen to think that if he would have met the older brother who was full of bitterness and full of hatred and full of jealousy and full of condemnation, if he would have encountered the older brother, he probably would have never made it back to the house and would have just went back to the pig pen. Full of sin, still full of addiction, still lost in his sin. And people's church at all of our locations, Easter season is amongst us. And in a few weeks, there will be prodigal sons and daughters that are making their way back home to the Father's house. And I just wonder, as they make their way back to the Father's house, will they encounter the loving father or the older brother?
And I hope, people's church, that when the prodigal sons and daughters make their way back to the Father's house in Indianapolis, at Midwest City, at Northwest, at Oklahoma City campus, I hope that they will encounter the loving father and not the older brother. I want our church to be ready. I want us to be prepared to love and to help the prodigals as they make their way home. You see, friends, through this story, what Jesus teaches us is how we should love and how we should respond and how we should help the prodigals when they make their way back home. Jesus teaches us in this story how to do that. You see, back in their day and just like in our day today, there was some confusion about how to respond to prodigals. There was some confusions about how should a person respond when prodigals make their way back home. And so, so, so they were posing this question to Jesus. They were, they were wondering why would Jesus hang out with sinners? How should someone respond when sinners show up? And so Jesus addresses this in Luke chapter 15. That's actually the context of the story, beginning in verse number one. It says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him, to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees, that was the religious people of the day, and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. They they, they were muttering, they, they were complaining. Why is Jesus who's supposed, we hear he's the son of God. Why is he welcoming sinners? Why in the world is he eating with sinners? And so what Jesus does is Jesus tells this story of this prodigal son to show the difference between the Pharisees' approach to sinners and God's approach to sinners. To show the difference between the older brother's approach to sinners and God's approach to sinners. The father's approach to sinners. And what I want to do today is I want to give you three differences between the older brother and the loving father. Three differences between the older brother and the loving father. Number one is this. Older brothers are consumed with themselves. They're consumed with themselves. I want you to notice in verse 29, in Luke 15, verse 29, I want you to notice how the older brother was just consumed with himself. Me, myself, and I. Notice it says, but he answered his father, look, all of these years I've, it's about me, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me, because this really is about me, you never gave me even a young goat. So I, so I could celebrate with my friends. And the older brother was only concerned about himself. Get the picture here. His younger brother who has been lost, who has been spiritually dead, who has been a who has been spending it all on prostitutes and living wild, he finally shows back up at the home and the older brother never even asked about him. He never once said, Father, how's my brother doing? How's my little brother doing? He never, never he was even on his radar screen. He did not even care about his little brother. He was only focused and concerned about himself. In people's church, I don't ever want us to be a church, an older brother church that only focuses and, and, and that are only concerned about ourself, where we don't care about the hurting, the broken, the poor, the addicted, the lost. You see, because older brothers are only concerned about themselves, they build walls instead of bridges. Bridges. 
because they're only concerned about themselves, they are trying to keep people out of the Father's house instead of getting people into the Father's house. They're, they're, they're just focused on themselves. Me, 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 my, 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 I, 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 I. But the loving Father, number one, loving Father, loving Father is consumed with who's missing. The loving father is consumed with who's missing. In response to the Pharisees' question of, of why, Jesus, are you hanging with sinners and eating with them? Why are you welcoming those people? Here's Jesus' response, and he tells three stories back to back to back. The first story Jesus tells is he says, let me tell you why. He says there was a shepherd who had 100 sheep. One sheep out of 99 went away. But the shepherd didn't stay with the 99. He went after the lost sheep and he searched for the sheep until he found the sheep and he carried the sheep back home again because the father is consumed with who's missing. Then he said, let me tell you another story. There was a woman who had 10 silver coins. She lost just one coin. She still had the other nine, but she was concerned about the coin that was missing. So Jesus says she lit a lamp, lamp, she swept the floor, and she swept and swept and searched until she found the lost coin. Because God is consumed with who's missing. And then he tells one more story. And he says there was a son, a younger son, who messed up his life who jacked up his life, who screwed up his life. He was in sin, in rebellion. And he basically said, and the boy decided to come back home. And when the boy came back home, when he got home, he got home to a loving father who welcomed him, who kissed him, who immediately forgave him. Friends, can I tell you something about this loving father, this this loving father is concerned about who's missing. And when you and I have the heart of our father, we're concerned about who's not here yet. When you and I have the heart of our heavenly father, we're concerned about who's still missing, the one, the one, the one. And when you have the heart of the father, it changes how you live life. Because when you go to work, you don't go to work, no, you, don't, you no longer go to work just for you. You go to work thinking, I'm here to be salt and light, and I'm here because okay, I'm trying to reach the one. I'm trying to reach the one who's still missing, who's not here yet. When you go to school, you go to school with a different outlook, student. You, you go to school thinking, I'm not just in school for me and to make good grades and to get my education, but I'm also here to be salt and light, and I'm here because I'm concerned and consumed with who's still missing. How can I reach them? Listen, it changes how you go to the neighborhood. When you're in your neighborhood, at your apartment, at your duplex, at your home, when you're in the neighborhood, you realize I'm not just here for me. I'm in this neighborhood to be salt and light. I'm here to reach who's still missing, who's not here yet. It changes how you come to church. When you have the Father's heart, you don't come to church just for you. You come thinking about who's not here yet. You come thinking about what prodigal's going to show up today. And how can I make a difference? And friends, that's what Easterland is all about. Our first time ever, we're having Easterland. And one of the reasons that we're having it is because this church is passionate about reaching people far from God. And you see, I believe that you can use all types of avenues to reach people. Because I got saved, gave my life to Christ at a football locker room. 
And the only reason I went to that Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting was for free pizza. I went for free pizza, but I got Jesus. And I believe people will show up for Easter egg hunt, and they'll show up for candy, and they'll show up for games, and for cotton candy, and all types of things. Just come on. They'll show up for illustrated message I'm going to be preaching, and a performance, and they'll show up. And I just believe that the power of God can reach people right where they are, and save them, and deliver them, and change them, that they can go from death to life over something like Easterland. And here's what I want us to do. I'm asking, would you serve at Easterland at all of our locations? There's a card in the back of the seat pocket. If you already serve in the ministry, thank you for serving. Perhaps at Oklahoma City campus, you can serve on a worship on Saturday night of Easter and then serve all day Sunday or serve two or three services. Indianapolis, would you worship one and serve one? Worship one and serve one. All of our other locations, worship one, serve one. Get that card and get plugged in. Would you help us greet? We need, we need many of you. If you're already serving, we don't need you to move or switch around. Just stay serving where you are Easter weekend. But if you're not serving at all anywhere, would you help us at Easterland? There are going to be some boys and girls and some moms and dads that show up, some grandma and grandpas that show up with their kids Easter weekend. And would you be there to greet them? Would you be there to help them at the candy store? We'll train you. Would you be there to help them to get on the ride? Would you be there to help them share, share, the, love, share the love of Christ with them to be Jesus in the flesh? Now, listen, if you're the older brother instead of the loving father, we don't want you to serve. We're trying to hide you. Amen. Just hide. We're trying to hide you somewhere. Just come on over here. Sit right here. So we're not asking everybody. We don't need no older brothers encountering prodigal sons and daughters. But if you have a loving father's heart, would you help us make a difference this Easter season and get plugged in? Fill out the card as you leave out the service today. The, the greeters will be at the door. Just drop that card in the bucket and we will get you plugged in to make a difference. Number two is this, the difference between the older brother and the loving father. Older brothers are all about shame. They're all about shame. I want you to notice in Luke 15, verse 29 and 30. It says, but he answered his father, look. All these years I've been slaving for you. That's pretty extreme, don't you think? Boy, you've been getting meals to eat. But I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Older brothers are self-righteous. I've never disobeyed your orders. You're a liar, pants on fire. Yes, you have. Well, I got it together. My, my little brother didn't have it together, but I have it all together. I don't have any problems. I've never disobeyed you. And if you don't think you have, if you think you have it all together, you say, I don't have no problem. That is your problem. You have a problem, and that's the problem, because you have problems, because you have issues, and you have messed up, and you have blown it, and you're not perfect. But older brothers are self-righteous. And he goes on to say, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Older brothers have a spirit of entitlement. You never gave me a goat. You never gave me a party. You owe me a party. Older brothers have a spirit of entitlement. They show up to church. They show up. You owe me. Verse 30. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. You see, older brothers are quick to bring up the faults and mistakes of others. They don't have mercy. They don't have grace. They don't have forgiveness. For others, they constantly bring up the sin and mistakes of others, not to help them, but to shame them. He brought up his past. He brought up his mistakes. He brought up his sin. He wasn't trying to help him. 
He was trying to shame him. And church family, when the prodigals show up to people's church Easter weekend, may they not find older brothers who are full of self-righteousness, condemnation, judgment, and shame. Just judging you. Oh, you showed up to Easter. Mm-hmm, look at you. Look, how you. look how you're dressed. Oh, my goodness. This is the house of God. This is the house of God. You're at our location. You're at our school. You're at the location. We, and you're dressed like it's Easter. You, you wear your best for Easter. What are you wearing? Come on, don't you? Let's eat. You come suited and booted. Come on, you come together for Easter. What are you doing? And we judge. What kind, look at the lifestyle you're living. Oh, my goodness, you're living like that? We're a holy church. We don't want your kind in our church. You get, get out of our church. What, did you just cuss? <gasps> you said a cuss word. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Older brothers full of judgment and condemnation, but I want people to show up at People's Church at all of our locations Easter weekend, and I want them to experience the loving Father because God's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of restoration, and he's a God of forgiveness. Leads me to the loving Father. You see, the older brothers are all about shame, but the loving Father is all about forgiveness. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 15, verse 21, it says, The son said to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, notice this, said to his servant, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Let me remind, let me remind you, the younger son was a jerk to his father. Just, just earlier, the, the, the younger son, he asked his father for his share of the estate. He basically said, dad, I want to pretend like your dad. Because the only way I'm supposed to get my share of the estate is you're supposed to die. Since you're not dead, I'm going to pretend like you're dead. I don't want anything to do with you. And then he got his stuff and went to a distant country. I don't want anything to do with you. Then he lived a wild, loose life, lost everything, looking like skin and bones, coming back home, hungry, been in a famine, starving to death, stinky. And when he shows up, he says, Dad, I don't even want to be one of your sons. Just make me like one of your hired men. But the father immediately hugged him, kissed him, and forgave him. People can come back home because God is full of forgiveness. I'm going to say it again. People can come back home because God is full of forgiveness. And I want people's church to be a place where prodigals can come back home to. Let me make it personal. If you ever drift away from God, I pray you don't. But if you ever become a prodigal son or daughter and you find yourself far from God and you end up in the pig pen, because I tell you, more than likely you end up in a pig pen because when you drift from God, you end up in a mess. And if you end up in the pig pen, here's what I want you to know. No matter how far away you are, you can always come back home because people's church is a place of grace, mercy, restoration, forgiveness, and your God is a God of second chances. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. I want you to see a, a third difference between the older brother and the loving father. Number three is this. Older brothers throw fits. 
they throw fits. Think about this. The older brother, brother was focused on all the wrong things. His younger brother finally comes back home. And all he could do is throw a fit because he's focused on the wrong things. His younger brother, who was, was, was squandering his life away in wild living, addicted, trapped, lost, bound, spiritually dead, finally shows back at the house. And all he could do is throw a fit because he's focused on the wrong things. The younger brother who has been addicted and bound, his life is finally being changed. And all the older brother could do is throw a fit because he's focused on the wrong thing. You see, older brothers always throw a fit even when lives are being changed around them because they're focused on the wrong things. And the wrong thing that they're mainly focused on is themselves. They're so consumed with self, me, myself, and I, that all they could do is throw a fit when lives are being changed. And people's church, let's never become an older brother church by losing our focus on what really matters. Friends, can I tell you what really matters is more changed lives. What really matters is that prodigal sons and daughters find their way back to the father's house. What really matters is people far from God find Jesus Christ. What really matters is people go from death to life. That's what really matters. And yet we can all be guilty. Listen, your pastor has been guilty. Pastor Chris has been guilty. All of us have been guilty. Our campus pastors have been guilty. We've all been guilty of focusing on the wrong things. And when we're focused on the wrong things, we're, all we do is throw fits. You get focused on the wrong things, you're like, well, I just can't believe that. They need to do my style of music. It's about what I want. And we begin to focus on the wrong thing, just a style of music. We get, we get focused, well, the preacher's not preaching like I want him to preach. He didn't preach my message. He didn't preach my style. He, he didn't do what I would like. And I don't even know this, this, oh, come on. You can't use a video and, and preach a message through video. And God, I, I'm just not for that. Well, look, I cannot believe that preacher. I mean, he still has on jeans. Listen, well, I, we don't believe in blue jeans. We do not do blue jeans at our church. Well, I got on gray jeans just for you today. Come on, somebody, huh? These are gray. We get focused on all the wrong things. All the wrong things. And every single Sunday at People's Church, people give their life to Jesus Christ at every location. To God be all the glory. People are coming to Christ. And I'm simply saying, let's focus on the right things. And the right things is, Lord, change more lives. Bring home more prodigals. Set more people free. Restore more marriages. Deliver people from addictions. Change more lives. That's what really matters. And I want you to know about the loving father. And that is this. The difference between the loving father and the older brother. Older brothers throw fits, but loving father, he throws parties. Come on, let's be a partying church. Come on, party for the right things. Come on, let's celebrate the right things. Let's be, a, let's be known as, as a partying church. Lifts up the name of Jesus and sees lives changed. Luke chapter 15, verse 32. Notice, notice what the 
older father, the, 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 what the loving father says to the older brother. He says, but we had to celebrate. You're over here complaining, throwing fits, whining. But the loving father wasn't moved by that. He says, listen, we had to celebrate and be glad. Why? Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He went from death to life. He was lost and is found. Jesus said, we must celebrate. Because what really matters is seeing people go from death to life. And you're throwing your little fit and it's all about you and what you want. You got to have your way. But he said, what really matters is your brother's going from death to life. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to be glad. We're going to throw a party. And, and, and here's what the Father teaches us. Here's what Jesus teaches us in this portion of Scripture. That heaven throws a party when one person goes from death to life. We can never let it get old seeing people come to faith in Christ and having their life change. It can never get old. And I thank God every week people come to Christ at People's Church. But it can't get old. We can't go, well, three more people, raise their hands. Whoop-de-doo. No, it's a party. This is heaven and hell. It's a party. Death and life, it's a party. Lost and found, party. Because one person has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And when we stop celebrating the one, we start throwing fits instead of throwing parties.